Welcome back to EXPN, your only source for up-to-minute coverage of the League of Ultimate Questing and Home of the Battle Axis. I'm Warren Rustborough. And I'm Dirk Bradley. Say, Rust, I can't help but notice that you're, like, wearing pants. It's a hard habit to break. And reading the news? That's what they pay me for. But you gave your two weeks notice. You know, Dirk, I'm sure this line of questioning is going somewhere. But I'm a little tangled up in the job you just mentioned. You're never going to get fired with that attitude. What by all the lords are you talking about? Ha ha ha! Silly Rusty. Sometimes I forget how young and naive you are. I'm 156 years old. Wow, gods! <laughs> I would not have put you a day over 125. Thank you, Dirk. I always felt prematurely aged by decades of consummate professionalism in the face of unrelenting buffoonery. See, that's exactly what I'm talking about, Russ. The two weeks' notice isn't a favor to the management. It's a threat. Of course it is. It's a promise that the next two weeks are going to be an all-mustard charcuterie board. That actually sounds kind of nice. The point is, don't you just want to kick back? Free ball it neath the studio lights, slop down a bucket of grandma's clams without breaking eye contact, wash it down with a two-quin chateau to dork in a flower vase? Wow, those all sound incredibly stupid. I can't think of any reason to do any of that. I mean, maybe, maybe a nice glass of dry white would make the scry go down just as smooth, but... Okay, okay, that's great. Somebody get this man some pork. Chicken will do in a pinch. This is gonna be great. Finally rusting out of his shell. Not white meat, you basket of boiled lettuce. White wine. Like a Chardonnay or a Riesling. Yikes, Russ. I know I told you to relax, but maybe keep the more scathing racial pejoratives until after the scry, huh? Dirk... A Riesling is a dry white. Wow, okay, right in front of me. Drinking on Scry has really changed you, Rust. I don't think I like the man you're becoming. Maybe a timeout will fix this attitude you're carrying around. It's called a commercial break? Well, I'm sure there's a more insulting term that you could find for it. I need you to hold, well, I was going to say hold the arm still, but that seems quite obvious. I need you yourself to hold very still and try not to make much noise. It's no problem. I I can't feel it at all. Well, we'll see what we can do about that. There are several books open on the dining room table. (laughs) Arcane charts, images of different religious symbols involving gods of greed and coinage. Uh, as well as arcane tools like focuses and tiny probes and runecrafting scry tools. Uh, and Iavos is in the magic zone. Hal goes into the, the playbook zone. Iavos is in the magic zone. Uh, and he's analyzing the ever-loving shit out of this big golden arm, looking for seams, looking for runes, looking for how it works and how it's attached, meticulously studying the golden arm and trying to unlock its secrets. You're taken aback by the beauty of the sculpting in this arm until you realize it's not sculpted. It's just simply a part of her now. The arm has every blemish, every curve, everything down to the detail. Exact. Now, you said that something made a deal with you, right? Yes, uh, something did, but I don't think I got its name. Well, that, that may complicate things, but I think I can solve this without that. I don't think... This kind of creature, whatever was happening in those mines, would 
offer you a trade for something so useless. It has to have a plan in mind. It has to give back. But how do we access it? Um, and I continue my, my studying work. It's just your arm, but gold now. Where once there was pen, now there is gold. And I, I can't move it. I can't do anything. It just hangs there. Did it have any kind of terms to the agreement? What did it say? The voice that I heard when I was horrified, <laughs> if you will. It told me that my friends were dying and said that it could release me and let me save them if I promised it 10% of what I value. 10% of what you value? How do you give something to an arm? Can't even open the fist. Hmm. So it wants things, and it's offering you something. But what? Um, if it helps, it seemed obsessed with money, currency, uh, coinage. Yes, the things that overtook that poor halfling soul. It was greed, it was, it was wealth accumulation and trickery. Uh, coming, closing some books, making some bookmarks, and then going to the door. As you open the door, you see no one is there, only an envelope on the ground with a box next to it. Um, box, envelope, box, envelope. Well, pick up the envelope. It is addressed to the Fallow Crown from Rain Fallen Foe. Hmm. Well, I have a letter opener amongst my spell focuses, so I'll simply go to work, pull it out. It seems very form-fillable, very legalistic. It simply states that uh, she is too busy to attend you at the moment, and below uh, you see a sign-off that accepts all of the rewards that you have received from your quest, and from what you can tell, your scores. Hmm. I'll assume Wuxia's sleeping, and who knows what Hal's doing, and Gaspar's in prison, so I'm going to take it to the table and I say, no, don't move! And set it on the chair and begin putting the things on the table to see what we got. Starting with your score, this was actually given by Dan. Ooh. Oh, gosh. Teamwork, three out of five due to knockouts, petrification, etc. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ingenuity, four. You guys were clever. Did your jobs well. Valor, that's five out of five, baby. Your valor was excellent. Hell yeah. At no point did you hesitate even a second. Thank you, Wusha. Gotcha. <laughs> and discipline, four. Just a little bit of meandering and some things didn't get done that could have gotten done. Wow. And that comes to an average of four. Mm, that's 12 points, right? Yes, indeed. With your three proficiency bonus. Hell yeah. You have all also leveled up to seven as of this episode. Gasp. R. R. Inside of the box, you find the following items. Point and pick. Your rare pickaxe. It requires attunement. This plus one pickaxe does 1d8 piercing damage, 2d4 to constructs. While attuned, its wielder gains tremor sense of 20 feet. The pick has three charges, and while holding it, you can use one charge to cast Locate Object. The pick regains one expended charge at dawn. I remember this pick. I catapulted it at a golem. (laughs) (laughs) That was fun. You also gained Furio Tin, which is the special tin that was found in that mine. When plated over armor or a shield, it grants the item a plus one to saving throws against spells. Ooh, so that was the metal that I almost picked up to study. Yes, indeed. I will say you can also turn it into a ring or amulet. Cool. That's interesting. So I'm going to hang on to that to uh, work on later and make something out of. Yes, indeed. You also get a scroll of hallucinatory terrain and scroll of glyph of warding. Mm-hmm. Yep. You have 1,000 gold pieces and 500 in assorted gems. Woo. 
And then your final two items, Gauntlet of the Golden Bear. This is a, a piece of armor, rare, requires attunement. It is a left-handed gauntlet that turns unarmed attacks into a 1d6 bludgeoning attack. After attunement, it can be fully charged by looting something precious from a sapient creature killed by your own hand. Hmm. Uh, it has up to four charges. Uh, one charge can cast heat metal, fabricate, or meld into stone. Two charges can cast branding smite. These are very good things. Hell yeah. And finally, Gauntlet of the Golden Bull. This right-handed plus one gauntlet turns unarmed attacks into 1d6 bludgeoning attacks. After attunement, it can be charged by crushing a single quintessence into its palm. When charged, it is a plus three gauntlet. Spending a charge allows you to cast Aurify. Same as Petrify, but instead turns to gold. Interesting. Uh, just one moment. While I have everything laid out, I'm going to take the second gauntlet and hold it up to the arm. The Gauntlet of the Golden Bull is beautiful in its construction. Gaudy, one might say. And while they are both golden gauntlets, this one seems to have a harmonization with the gold. Mm-hmm. I feel a tingling. Yes. Yes, this one seems much more iconic to that entity that took over the mines. I'm going to hold it close to the hand. The resonance seems to get stronger, but nothing else. Do I think I could fit it over Penelope's fist? You might have to do some prying to get her shield out of the hand, but yes. Okay, well, I'm going to go to work to get the shield out of the way and see if I can use this gauntlet to activate her arm. You're not quite strong enough to move the gold yourself unless you use some kind of spell. I do has magic with fire. Well, I'm going to attempt to arcana the shield out of the way. I can use pinpoint heat at the tip of my uh, arcane tools with things like firebolt. Go ahead and give me an arcana check. I'm also going to blaze myself with all the books I've got around me. Do it. A little striker above his finger. I rolled a one. Hot shit, but what is it anyway? With the one anyway, it is a total of 12. On a one on the dice? Mm. Mm. It's not that hard to move gold. Actually, mm. um, so you only really needed a 12. However, you were, it's clear you've never done this before. That's true. Any onlooker would say, well, he did it. He's <laughs> never ungrafted a shield from a metal arm before. <laughs> Obviously. As the shield falls to the ground, it barely has time to register part of a clang and then disappears back into the ethereal place where Penny's weapons are now stored. That's, that's a good thing, right? Yes. <laughs> Don't worry about that. It's much better than not being able to de-summon it. So now that the shield's out of the way, I'm going to go to work making the gauntlet and the arm one if I can. At first, you're trying to finagle the gauntlet onto the hand itself, but the leather's getting in the way, and you don't imagine there's a lot of magic in the leather. So -hmm. you manage to cut free that leather and then attach the gauntlet to the hand. Just gold on gold. As soon as you do... The gold melts into it, seeming to almost disappear into her own arm. At that moment, seams start to appear along the wrists, the fingers, the elbow, the shoulder. Ball joints form from it. All down the arm, jagged, harsh, primitive lettering appears. They seem like runes, but so much older than anything you're used to. So much more prehistoric. And as they appear, I'm basically jotting them down in real time. Good. But one particular gouge seems deeper than the others. And 
anachronistic given the ancient nature of everything here. On the shoulder, cut deep into the deltoid, is what looks like a coin slot. Yes. Yes, that makes sense. Having just received a reward, I'll take a, one of the quin out. Are you comfortable taking this from your share? Uh, to be completely transparent, I owe Gaspar six quin. <laughs> but, yes. I'm going to carefully and observantly feed the quin into the coin slot. Pen, as soon as the quintessence slides into your arm, you can suddenly feel again. The cold emptiness that once occupied the space where your arm was is alight with warmth, texture, sensation. There's almost a pliantness to the metal, kind of like skin, though decidedly firmer. And you can feel power coursing through it, but it's separate from your own. You're used to the feeling of some amount of quintessence in your own system. It's literally how you live. It's your food. But this feels like as if there was a second stomach that went to a different body. Fascinating. I can feel and move the arm now. Hopefully a while. Queen is a lot. There is a certainty that whatever the gauntlet was capable of, you are now capable of. This arm, which I will let you name, is imbued with the power of the golden bull. While charged, it is an animate arm with a plus three unarmed attack of 1d6 bludgeoning damage. You can use that for a shield bash if you choose in your offhand, but you will lose your shield bonus if you do so. You can spend your charge losing the ability to operate that arm and gain the ability to one-time cast RFI. Because this is a part of your body, it is considered a spell-like ability and therefore does not cost any Quinn. All right. That's a lot to take in. I like it. Think on a name. I will. The Raging Bull Moose. Well, I guess it just goes to show you never know what you're going to leave the axes with. Wuxia is going to come walking in from the bedroom, rubbing the sleepy, wet crust out of his eyes. Tiny crabs. Pen. <laughs> uh, we have any sponges? I need a lot of them. Good morning, Wush. Morning. That's a very distressing question. I'm going to try to clean up in there a little bit. At least get the ball rolling. I don't think... There's enough sponges on Zenith. What what are you using as a leg? Oh, you know that chair I walked out with? I'm still surprised they let you take their chair. <laughs> the, uh... It was a government chair. <laughs> <laughs> the, felony. Ex- the accessibility rules here are real lenient. That's... I guess that makes sense. You know, you... We just got our reward. You have Quinn now if you want to go purchase a commercial version. A bespoke peg? I can only imagine what kind of peg you could get for an entire Quinn. I'm very excited to pay someone to peg me. Mm. Mm. Was that a timeout? Mm. <laughs> no. Okay. Bonk. Penicos coughs and um, points at her arm. Oh, I think we figured out how it works. Did you know? As she moves it, there's a gentle clicking, almost like machinery. I love it. You know what they say? Meet new pens, but keep the old. I've never heard that. Well, Well, 
Now you both share a limblessness. That's true. It's not so hard once you get used to it. It's weird at first, but eventually you'll come to think of it as a part of you. Or maybe not. We'll see. I'm excited to find out. Uh, do me a favor. Don't try to pass it through Gasper's uh, cellar. Um, duly noted. Oh, good. I'm going to give Wusha a quin. Ooh. I'm going to hold up another one and says, this one is for Gaspar. I'm going to put it in my pocket. And then we'll have eight glory. Oh, you get to keep this one. Well, you can spend it too if you want. It's, it's yours. It's your portion of the rewards uh, from the quest. Well, yeah. Hmm. Wusha's going to look a little uncomfortable and a little embarrassed holding it, but with a snap of his head, he's going to go back to his regular jovial self. Well, great. Uh, when we go in shopping? We can shop later. I like that idea. Just... We'll make sure you spend it on something important. Right. Leg first, then other. Gotta put my best foot forward. Jesus Christ in heaven. (laughs) Well, I've already got all of my uh, crafting tools out and all of my runic work present. Uh, I have an idea, Wusha. Are you open to something a little creative? When have I ever turned that down? I dare you to sit down and hold perfectly still. With that dare given forward, Wuxia sits down hard and leans his back against the, the couch or whatever furniture is nearby and immediately looks like someone who has been found dead on a beach. There's a gentle <laughs> squishing noise as all of his floating insides settle. Oh, It's at this moment, Hal walks out of his room, looks at Iavos holding a pile of tools, looks at Penny in a golden arm, looks at Wuxia's corpse, Pivots on his heel and goes back and <laughs> <laughs> It's best for everyone this way. <laughs> Putting a quick finger to Wusha's neck, I look at Pan and say, he's even stopped breathing. Impressive. Then why do I still hear noises? I think there's eels in him. <laughs> Pen leans close and kind of puts her ear on Wusha's chest. I think I can hear the ocean. You weren't expecting the pinch from the hermit crab, but when it came, you kind of realized it couldn't have been anything else. Ah. What I was expecting. (laughs) Certainly not not crabs. (laughs) Certainly not not crabs. (laughs) I'm glad you all like my inside school so much. (laughs) Inside school. (laughs) My tummy friends. Um, So I'm going to get to work grafting a little bit of leather and metal and observing for the first time thoroughly the stump that was once Wusha's leg and uh, dolling up the pickaxe to make it look a bit more like an anchor. Mm. I, I graft it tight to the stump. I love it. <laughs> uh, I would like you to roll me an arcana check, but I also want you to roll me, oh boy, knowledge nature. I would love to do both of those things. All right. So this is going to be really complicated because you are reforging, mm-hmm. which is complicated on its own, a magic item into a medical prosthetic. So we've got three different roles. First of all, we're going to do the medical prosthetic because it's the most mundane. Okay. Uh, so working up a rig that actually fits on his body instead of just suction cupping a chunk of wood onto a stump. Yes. So go ahead and give me a medicine check. And for all of these, I'm going to be using my own tools. So I'm going to guidance myself. Of course. <clears throat> As is my clerical want. <laughs> So for the medicine check, we're looking at a 22. 
perfect. That is more than enough. In fact, the harness that you built feels so comfortable that uh, Wusha almost doesn't even realize he's got something on. <laughs> also, he's that's, dead. That's normal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then for engineering and in general, I'm going to go ahead and say, I want to say history for this one. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. I'm down. History check. All the knowledges have been greatly increased since I actually read my class. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm rolling shit, but my bonuses are so bananas. That's an 18. More than enough. Yeah, so now that you've got the medical situation sorted out, trying to figure out how you're going to shape everything so that it works correctly like a foot or similar to it, and then making it so that it like can't fall off easily, it's going to take some work. But 18 is enough to get it done. And this is going to take your entire day, by the way. Cool. Yeah, beginning to end. I almost would rather do nothing else than attach something to Wusha. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, this is the this is a little bit more tricky and it will have consequences to failure. You're fucking with a magical item. These are not intended to be fucked with. Go ahead and roll me an arcana check. I will. Please roll better than the other ones, because I can get good numbers if I do. It's the it's it's the same again. So uh another eighteen. Less than 20 means it loses one of its charges. It is now Ooh, two charges instead that's fair. of three. That makes sense. I'll take it. The final product will depend on one last roll, something you were not terribly proficient in. Oh, another one. Do I also have a plus nine to this one? Because I have no, thus far. No, you do not. Damn. This is a sleight of hand <laughs> check to see how good it looks. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, well, this is just for looks. This is the least this important <laughs> component to Wusha's whole thing. No matter what you roll, it's going to match me. I, st- I got to use the guidance on this one, though, because my decks, let me tell you about my decks. <laughs> it ain't. <laughs> it's not my strength. That's a good thing. Seven. Ooh! <laughs> Give me the old janky leg. It is done. <clears throat> it functions. In, fun- in fact, it functions beautifully. However, it looks like he has a junkyard pile attached to his leg. It is a... It is an anchor in name only in that you could throw it overboard of a dinghy with a chain attached and it would theoretically keep you from moving. But mostly it is a ruined pickaxe attached to his foot. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, given a week, it's going to be covered in fucking barnacles and coral anyway. Exactly. I actually really like that because Wuxia was in the room, like canonically, if he spends time somewhere, it just oceanifies. Yeah. <laughs> it, it becomes wet and gross <laughs> and uh, helping Wuxia to his feet with... Pen's help, of course. Say, well, give it a test run. I give you the kick axe. <laughs> the kick axe. It looks very appropriate to you, Woosh. It's more beautiful than I could hope for. And taking his word as literally as possible, I'm going to run in mm. big circles around <laughs> the living room. At first, your instinct is to do what you've always done, which is to slam the peg into the ground, pivot, and move. But then you realize there's curvature to this. It it arcs. And so instead of thump, step, thump, step, it's just steps. Given the little give and bounce to it, I'm going to treat my friends in the living room to a unique vision of a large wet man skipping. <laughs> With a pick leg. <laughs> With the kick axe. It's going to have like couch pillows stuck to it and <laughs> ruin the coffee table. What I especially like is that uh, you can cast locate object with this and your leg will point towards it. Right? Yes! <laughs> you can lay down and become a compass. I was going to say, I got the download compass covered. Just watching you hop your way through a dungeon trying to find something is just too much. Or if you're floating in the water and, you can tap, and then it'll tilt you. 
find land. Nobody got any kiddie pool. Actually, the the best part about your find land plan is that locate object only works within a thousand feet, so you'd have to be in visual range of the land already for it to do you any good. You have to be sure. It'll help me once on one foggy day. That's all I need it for. So, a delight to all. Wuxia is going to scoop Ayavos up in a big wet hug. Thank you. So much. This is the nicest thing anyone's ever done for me. You're very welcome, Usha. Ah, Seems today's a good day for fixing your friend's limbs. Now, you have a battle access approved item attached to your leg. It can be removed, and it must be if you do not have the points to bring it. Oh, no. Yes. You can still use a normal peg leg. However, for this, because it is in fact a battle access item, it must be paid for. If you do decide to bring it in, you just can't use it or there will be consequences. Okay, easy. Wuxia's great at self-control. <laughs> Wuxia's great at anticipating consequences. <laughs> <laughs> Can I lick it? It turns out drowning damages the prefrontal cortex first. Yeah. <laughs> and most. Who would have guessed? Wuxia's just going to keep exercising and testing his leg out. Perfect. Getting it to work in as many ways as he can see fit. Well, what do you say I cook us all some dinner? Oh, I like that. I saw a recipe from Miss Gracie Devine about chicken legs, but I ordered 20 of them from the market, and I must have filled out the form wrong. They sent me 20 pounds, so I need to start cooking chicken immediately. Ooh. What did 20 pounds of chicken legs look like? A lot of chicken legs. <laughs> or one really big chicken leg. I'll see what they said. <laughs> Let's just say the bundle did not look like a comedically large chicken leg, and in fact a box. <laughs> But I would say roughly 60 chicken legs, give or take. You said about crafting your your meal, uh, already exhausted from the laborious work of literally hand, like, welding a pickaxe to somebody's leg. Look, kicking, cooking dinner after a long shift is a farmer's job. <laughs> Roll me a wisdom skill check. Mm-hmm. And if you happen to be proficient in cooking tools, go ahead and use your proficiency bonus. Am I? Survival to make it edible. Cooking tools to actually make it good. Herbalism. Performance. Flavorful. For presentation. Right. Hell yeah. Edibility and desirability are not necessarily the same uh, category. I learned that in college. <laughs> but I, I am proficient in herbalism, but not cooking. That was my, my trade. But uh, I can do that. Uh, just straight wisdom. Straight whizzies. Big whiz. Mm-hmm. Starting the process, I always realizes this isn't his forte in the culinary field. So he's going to guidance himself mm-hmm. as he cooks, making his total a 10. I see. Well, you're great at a stew. You know, you put some shit in a pot, you boil it, it's perfect. You you can bake a mean pie. But when it comes to things like, you know, spicy ranch buffalo wings, uh, you're a little uh, under the mark. Right. I assume deep frying would be very similar to stewing. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> they both involve a very large pot. But after that, it's, it's the Wild West. <laughs> <laughs> what comes out is not bad, but it's... It's your average Karen making her hot wings night. It's a little Mm -hmm. flavorless. It's a little unexciting. You've never really made a decent sauce before like this. It's no RGB's uh, fucking pomegranate molasses sauce, but it's good. I feel so bad role-playing a character who can't cook chicken wings. (laughs) (laughs) What what does your sauce taste like, Iavos? That's a very personal question. (laughs) He just Uh, dips it in stew. (laughs) It's meant to be quite spicy, but it's actually unfortunately mild. It's... It's too tomatoey. 
So they're basically just tomato legs. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, it's like a delicious ketchup. Chicken wings <laughs> tossed in ketchup. Marin, a marinara ketchup mid-ground. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's like it's chicken parmesan on the boat <laughs> I was, without any parmesan. That's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, Avon, I made dinner. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Hal comes down. He's carrying a jar with him as he does so. Oh, wait. Uh, you already finished the league? And I look at, at Wusha. I'm going to kick the leg around and give you the old razzle-dazzle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it it occurs to me that I probably could have given this to you before you started cooking, but um, I brought you something back from home. Um, I, I, I Well, I assume it's for you anyway. I don't know who else I'd give this to. And I set a large glass jar in front of you that the top of which is tightly bound with um, like a, a sinew wrapped around some vellum or something. Inside there is a doughy amorphous glob, which as you look at it, you realize that it is moving slightly. Did you bring me a sentient sourdough starter? <laughs> <laughs> Outside of the bounds of of gravity, and I tell you, this um, this is uh, they use it to make bread back on Mom's plane. Um, uh, they take a little you know piece of it and they 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 work it and stuff. I don't know how it works exactly. Um, I'm not much of a a, a baker, but they've had it going for so long that um, it started to sort of achieve. A life of its own. It's just a news. I mean, you don't need to feel bad about taking a bite out of it or anything. But I, it seemed like something that you'd be interested in—a uh, little bit of uh, bread from the beginning of time. This is amazing. I mean, Mother always said that sourdough was like having pet bread, but this <laughs> is older than I am by quite some margin. Yeah, uh, it's probably older than uh, any one person, really. I am touched, Hal. Now please eat 10 pounds of chicken legs. <laughs> I accept this challenge. The table is just, it's like a crawfish boil, but it's just chicken legs and hot tomato sauce. <laughs> I bet I could eat that many. Wusha will immediately look at you when you say the phrase, I bet. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What do you, what do you want to bet on it, both of you? I almost just has one chicken leg that he's munching on. He says, I have an idea. Whoever loses uh, has to clean up. I can take that bet. I made a mess. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good to me. That sounds terrible to me, which makes it an excellent bet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want everyone here to roll me a constitution saving throw. No, I feel constitution like... Constitution athletics check. Yeah, I'm going to say constitution <laughs> athletics. I like that. So I want you all to roll me a constitution athletics check. Thank you guys for giving me that, Angela specifically. I assuming I'm assuming Iovus isn't putting his thumb on the scales and guidancing someone. <laughs> all he's doing is counting carefully. Because okay. I know you're gonna lose track once you get lost in the sauce. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It tastes really good after the Constitution athletics. Wait, are are people eating the bone? Yes. <laughs> 
Wusha is. Wusha takes the handicap of eating the bone. Wusha was never told not to. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Going around the table, starting with. I rolled an 18. I got an 11. I got a 13. I rolled a a 12 plus 6. I got an 8. It's not even that Hal can eat the most. He's just the most stubborn and competitive. (laughs) (laughs) I rolled a 6. He's got internal bleeding. Are they supposed to be splintery and sharp? Wusha, you've been eating the bones. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll get the healer's kit. (laughs) I should have known I would need to get the healer's kit. Penny levels her eyes at Halifon across the table. They spark with a competitive spirit that you haven't seen in her before. She moves another wing towards her lips. You know how. The more you pay attention to me, the more wings I can eat. I'll give this one to you for free, because you and I haven't known each other for very long. But the only thing Halifon Orison Jr. cleans up is his competition. (laughs) (laughs) Just really doesn't want to clean. That's his motivation. That's a motivator. And with that, Raptor's Lament has begun their slow ascent up from the bowels of the third hell of Pi X-34, better known as the Forgotten Wheel. Don't acknowledge it, Bradler. Just let it happen. Let me tell you something about Pi X-34. Please do. The denizens are believed to have migrated from Pi X-33 during an event they called the Ochre Twilight, where the sky blazed orange like fire and night would not come for three weeks. Let me just top you up there. It's theorized that the Ochre Twilight was actually a celestial confluence, a kind of planar collision which thinned the borders between the worlds. Fascinating. Another bottle, please. Oh, no, I, I couldn't. Maybe just a teeny splash of dark beer if you have it. You know, Dirk, I don't really care for sport. You don't say. Don't get me wrong, there are moments on this show that I treasure, and LUQ's a wonderful pastime. The pastime of the cosmos. It's a great sport. But I was a journalist, an author and an adjunct professor when I wasn't on location attending to the prince's studies. Not always the straight-laced foil to your party clown antics. Prince? Oh, I doted on that boy. I was stern to be sure, but he needed a firm hand. I had hoped so dearly that my tutelage would quench the fire in him. That my presence might make up for his father's absenteeism, to temper the steel of him. But instead, I merely turned slag into a cruel and gnarled instrument of war. Rust. I believe I've made fool enough of myself for one evening. I appreciate the drinks. I shall see you at work tomorrow morning. Well, that's the great thing, Rust. We're already at work, and it's already tomorrow morning. What? Well, after drinking a bottle of that word at lunch, I thought, why not keep the party going? I got the green light from the execs, and we just pulled EXPN's first all-nighter. Congration, Rusty. You just made broadcast history. I've been drunk on the air for 16 hours? Not just on the air. On the air with some of the best ratings we've ever seen. I think I'm going to be sick. Evil way, Rust. You've earned it. Tune in 19 minutes from now when we'll begin today's broadcast. I'm going to fall asleep right here.
we're about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, Bonnark Axebreaker here again, welcoming you to another episode of Getter Dungeon. Now, uh, we've been looking at ways to upgrade your beloved dungeon while saving money and learning how she really works, but uh, today we're going to talk about some preventative renovations. Uh, the biggest risk you have to worry about when maintaining halls full of traps and secrets is rogues. Now, I know what you're thinking. These ancient halls have stood for a thousand years, so no mortal would dare challenge my domain or etc. Well, I got some bad news for you on that front. Yeah, some little street rat with a leather wallet full of pointy metal bits is gonna roll in here and unzip this baby like a sleeping bag. They're crafty, and they tend to travel with groups, and they can be tricky to kill. To help defend your dungeon from rogues, remember my three eyes. The first is Isolate. Get them away from their group. And good news is, they do this on their own pretty often. Now, uh, some of them know a thing or two about fighting, but they're gonna try to hide from you. So be aware, and keep your halls well lit. And once they're on their own, if you can get your hands on them, you'll have a much better time getting rid of them. Removing their allies makes it way harder for them to defend themselves, and do what's known as a sneak attack. The second is inconvenience. And these little devils will take apart a trap like a jigsaw puzzle and open a door that's been locked for 200 years with half a toothbrush. Keep them on their toes. You can't pick a lock if you're covered in fire ants. The third is Intoxicate. Rogues are quick. You can fill this whole room with arcane fire and those crafty buggers will do a backflip and walk away without so much as a singed eyebrow. Now you fill this room with deadly nerve gas and main is tough against poison. Isolate, Inconvenience, and Intoxicate. And take care of your beloved dungeon and spend time to rogue-proof it. Before you know it, you'll be up to your neck and adventurers looking for some free treasure. And that's your treasure. Join me every Sunday for a new episode of Gitter Dungeon, brought to you by the Nexus Enterprise. Hey, all you cuties. Shh. No talking in the mid-roll. Well, except for me, that's my job. I'm sick. I'm very, very sick. If that comes through in this week's episode, I apologize, but I'm trucking through it. Last Wednesday, we had our first episode of Undermile, the Vanguard Below the Garden, and we managed to raise over $400 for Hazel's House Pet Rescue. We have three more shows on the remaining Wednesdays of this month to tell the rest of the tale, and if you missed the live premieres, they'll be uploaded to YouTube. If you want LUQ-themed stat blocks, a peek at the player's character sheets, images of hand-drawn maps from both seasons, including the amazing colored maps of Golden Stylus, or more LUQ D&D content, join the Patreon. Just a few bucks a month makes a huge difference, and the highest tiers can make characters to join the battle axis or get mentioned with the mid-roll legendary teams. 
The current teams are the Twilight Concord, the Forgotten Legacy, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Titans Rise, with Darsmail, Evelet, and Roman, aka Big Boy Roy. To get a personal message read on the show or possible advertising opportunities, reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com. Don't forget to follow us at Twitch at Slapdash Streams for Monday night live premieres of the LUQ hosted by Dungeon Mistress Dana. And starting June 15th, join us at 6 p.m. Pacific for the next episode of Undermile. Oh, and hop on the Discord. It's great. Don't believe me? Just see for yourself. But that's enough out of me. Let's get you back to the battle axis. This ad was inspired by an idea from Michael. Thanks, Michael. You know the one. Out of the depths of the ocean, lost to time, frozen below the surface of the sea, here to destroy your city comes the towering monstrosity larger than life itself. It's your thirst. The only way to quench this monster thirst is to give your body the good plant blood it needs to feel like you're not dying with a big, thick jug of juice for big melons. It's Kaijus. Climb the Tower of Flavor and trample the residential districts of calorie intake. Rend the dam of affordable all-natural ingredients and demolish the government capital of refreshment. These metaphors are just barely holding on, so get Kaijus today. Big juice for thick sugars. The sterile white of the cells surrounds you. You're drowning in it. You've been alone for some time. At some point, your lawyers had come to speak with you, collecting your testimony, learning what they could. But now it's just time. That's all you have. Gaspar leans onto the bars and tries to alert any guard. Hey, do I not get requests for activities or something? Do I get to go out? After a moment, the door opens. And in walks an antihero. Their mirrored helmet reflecting your own stump back at you. If you're not questioning me, Am I at least allowed a book or something? If you wish to have entertainment, we can provide that for you. Do you have like a small puzzle or something for me to do so I don't go crazy in here? Jigsaw physics. Physics. Hmm. He turns, leaves the room. A little while later, he comes back with three assorted puzzles. One of them is a box that needs to be taken apart and then put back together. The other is what looks like some kind of metal chains that are all linked into each other and need to be removed. And then the last one seems inscrutable. It's simply a sphere, black. He goes to a specific hatch at the bottom, opens it up, slides them through. Thank you for this. You're entitled. That's the most respectful thing somebody has called me in a prison. (laughs) You hear something that sounds like a laugh, but it's dry. Cool. Well, I'll just work on these. I've been following your work. Oh, you're a fan. Hmm. I suppose you could say that. Uh, Do you want me to, like, autograph something for you? (laughs) No, that's fine. I mean... I suppose the best autograph you could give would be to try to escape. Then I'd have an excuse to kill you. Your blood on my blade would be quite the, um, trophy. You know, 
if all the legal stuff does not go through, I do hope you're the one who kills me when I try to escape. If somebody gets to kill me. That same dry hack comes from inside the helmet. And immediately as the laugh rings through the room, the door opens and in walks a familiar face. Rain's high-heeled boots click on the strange, sterile floors and the anti-hero kind of straightens himself up and clears his throat. If you need any more entertainment, let me know. He turns and leaves. You can go. (laughs) Did you see that, Rain? I asserted dominance. We knew what we were getting into when we hired you. You understand that, right? We're not idiots. Yeah, sure. We know you're not a good man. I believe you believe that. (laughs) We know you're not a good man. What we do expect, however, is for you to be an honest man. Okay. If you had told us your situation, we could have provided you something. We could have assigned you the quest. Avoided any legal issues. We told you to trust us. Uh, I did not have time to notify you. There's always time. It is what it is. We're doing our best, but it's all back-end work. Look, as far as I'm concerned, he was going to die anyway. We know that. Which is why we're not terribly upset at you for what you did, but rather how you did it. You could have taken him to the Bowery. That would have been fine. Again, there was no time. You need to think ahead on these things. Okay, I will pre-plan everybody's murder here. You know what I mean. We've circumvented the guild and posted your bail ourselves. What we're trying to do on the back end might avoid prison time and even a trial entirely. For now, we need you to lay low. Think of this as a vacation to the Sunny Bowery. Ooh. You know, I've been trying to get in there for a while now. Lots of people do. There's a reason. For one thing, the abstract which runs the Bowery doesn't extradite. Uh, From what I hear, they don't do a lot of things. (laughs) But that means they do everything. Fair. Frankly, the fact that he has taken the form he has is confusing, but we're dealing with it. The Bowery has no laws, or at least none that make any rational sense. They are only bound to honor the Zenithal laws, not necessarily enforce them. If you remain in hiding there, the Zenithal guard would have to find you before they take you in, and there's no technical law against an adventurer avoiding arrest. They can't extend your sentence, and they can't call it a new crime. Theoretically, you're an adventurer simply trying not to be arrested. It's an odd loophole, but one that counts. And frankly, it doesn't take us long to find anybody. I've spent a good amount of time hiding from people like you. If I'm given a proper environment, I will buy us time. Let's hope it won't be necessary. We would be out some coin if you do, for some reason, have to avoid arrest, but we can handle that, and it would buy us some more time in case we need to. I've left some resources with your personal effects. Use them as needed. There'll be a taxi waiting for you. Give them the clipped Quinn. We can't afford to be throwing money around. Do you need anything from me? Any recommendations? Places I should go? If I even knew how to direct you to them, I would tell you. Good. If you find a place with a red sign, and on it, what looks like a beheaded aardvark, I recommend it. But I doubt you'll find it. Then no, I need nothing else. Thank you, Rain. Don't thank me. The best thank you you can give me is to pay better attention to where you're killing somebody. The Fae have lax laws, but they are very strict about enforcing them. I did witness an execution. Yes. 
Let's hope y'all head's not next on the chopping block. Pinnacles? Yes, Iavos. Have a seat, please. Uh, certainly. I'm going to sit down very seriously across from Pinnacles at the table. Where I come from, I have learned many mystical secrets and rituals. My father taught me what it meant to be brave and be a man. My sister taught me histories, arcane secrets from near and far. My brother, he told me about adventures from faraway cities and on the road. But there is a very powerful ritual that always works. It was taught to me by my mother. It is something that you do in order to get to know someone. And I feel we are still strangers. It doesn't matter if you have Penelope's memories. You are new to me. And I would like to change that. And he reaches down to the floor and pulls up a bottle of wine and two glasses and slides one to you and says, By the time this is empty, we will know each other better than we ever have. I pour two glasses. I like that idea very much, Ayavos. Thank you. Well, thank you for uh, humoring me. Now, if I refer to Penny or Penelope, no, I am speaking to that whom we knew. Don't worry, Ayavos. I understand. It will be a new change for everyone, including myself. Penny was very happy all of the time. Always an optimist, seeing the silver lining. Are you happy? What an interesting concept. Um, Penny was happy because Penny was happiness. Uh, she was joy. That, at her very core, that was the concept of what Penny was. And then now, to answer that is complicated. I am made of Penny, who is joy. I am also made of Arsenikos, who is fervor. So what I am might be called glee more than happiness. Well, it seemed Penny often sought joy. What do you seek? I think I seek triumph. I revel in the hunt. The times over the last few days where I felt most alive were when I was hunting my enemy. Not, not the simple creatures in the Axis, but first Ophidian and then Rhea when she was a dragon. Yes, could hardly forget that. Oh, my heart beat so furiously during those fights. You didn't know it was your sister when we started the fight, did you? No, that's, um, turning into a dragon. That's a new one. Or at least another secret kept by the Fae, even from their own kind. If we spend enough time together, you will learn that my family has many secrets. We have so much in common, it seems. I'm going to finish my red wine and pour another glass for Penny and myself. You understand that in this field of work we find ourselves in, things like competition and fervor, they're sadly common. Uh, they're things that we encounter whether we want to or not. To me, the fact that Penelope brought joy was an asset, a tool, an, an outside force that was for what I 
find powerful, a beacon. And I understand that's gone now, and I can deal with that. But I need to learn to find my strength again in its absence. So if there's any kind of cold feelings about the dynamic that has changed, just know it is from my own loss. Panikos stands up and moves around the table, sitting next to Iavos, and placing a hand on his shoulder. I hope you can understand, even if it's in time, that Penny Farthing will always be with you, Iavos, in small moments of joy. The feeling of your teeth breaking the skin of a plum, lying lazily in sunbeams and watching the specks float around, feeling the warmth of wrapping your hands around a hot drink on a cold winter's day. This is what Penny Farthing is, was, the small moments of joy. Things you don't find on a battlefield. Which is why I suppose we're lucky to have you. Penny had been around for some time, though. She had experiences. She had a life. When you took her place, was that your beginning? Or simply part of a continued story? Are you the first of what you are? I find those to be two different questions. For me, there is no beginning. No end. There just is. But am I something new? Yes, I think so. I simply sought to understand if some creature with its own ambitions and lifelong goals was stepping into the role of Penny, or if something was created to fill her place, to right the brokenness that she created. Ah, I see. We could not have existed at the same time. We occupy the same space. But I am not something else um, any more than I am Penny. Then I suppose it's on to the important questions. Things that really matter when getting to know someone. I say pouring a little more wine in our glasses. Tell me about your favorite kind of music. Outside of Hal's door, there are three... Ginger knocks. Yeah, come in, Wusha. Wusha opens the door and says, Smelled me coming then, did you? <laughs> nope. I always knocks with a confidence. Penny always knocked with a meekness, and Gaspar's in jail. <laughs> Could have been Gaspar. <laughs> you never know. They didn't tell me you were so shrewd. I like it. Look, I don't want to be no imposition, but I had gifts for everyone else when uh, I first met him, and I was holding on to one for you. You mind? Oh, that might be a bit awkward. Hal glances at a bag that's sitting on the table. I came back bringing gifts for everyone, but I didn't bring one for you on account of not knowing that you were here. So right. I take no offense to it. Wusha's going to reach into his pockets and pull out an old rusty ship whistle and hand it to you and said, I've held on to this through uh, half a dozen voyages and uh, 
think since you've been, you know, all year, you've been calling shots and, and having ideas, uh, something to get everyone's attention all at once, do you strong? I appreciate that. That makes a certain amount of sense. I'd like to think every gift I gave made sense, but uh, Gasper didn't really seem to like his. It's fair. He's a hard one to pin down. He did find an immediate use for it, though, so there's that. That's about as high a praise as Gaspar can give any gift, really. It's fair. Uh, what you doing in here? Oh, uh, well, before I left, I was um, I was just playing around in the, the character creator here for the, the LUQ Blitz, you know, making myself as a full paladin, making myself as a ranger, making myself as a sorcerer. I'm making myself as a as a uh, monk. It was a funny one. Uh, and Gaspar came in and he said, maybe I should actually try and stick with it, finish out the game, use my head instead of just playing around. So I've been running the campaign. Well, I mean, I'll beat it the same night. It's not that hard if you skip all the battles and you just let the algorithm calculate who wins. But... I'm into my third season now, and things are starting to get weird. It's the computers generating new players all the time, and I'm drafting them out of my teams, and I'm starting to recognize that unexpected strengths sometimes tip the scales a lot more than consistency. Your uh, little thing you got going on there uh, seems to know what it's doing. Yeah, well, they've had decades of practice. On what? What? Decades of practice on what? On on the formula for calculating the 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 uh, game system. I don't I don't know how it works in the background. I just I just know that you know I make a team and it says, oh yeah, you win. It's like trying to explain a PS five to your grandpa. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wushaw's definitely got big deer in the headlights energy right now. How's it work? Uh, there's some sort of math that's involved. I've never pretended to understand that. I know if I play, I win. And that's kind of boring uh, because the game just doesn't account for player skill that well. So in some ways, it's more fun to just draft the team and then let the game calculate who wins and who loses and then playing with those variables. What if someone else is playing do? What, at the same time? Yeah. We could play a game like that. That I'd win. I find that remarkably unlikely. I'm real good at things. All right. Bit. <laughs> this is better than arm wrestling. <laughs> Wusha is going to give a nice damp plop down. All right. Here's what I'll do. Uh, you can play as my team. All right. And I'll play as the uh, computer-controlled opposition. All right. That'll give me a bit of a handicap and give you, I think, the best chance of winning. I can do that. I already got the best chance of winning. Why's that? Oh, look at me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm quick on my feet, but foot. (laughs) You're your own beanbag. You're made for gaming. (laughs) Well, it certainly looks like luck has um, dealt you an interesting hand. You could say that. I ain't never been good at dice. Let's give it a go then. All right. He fucking destroys you. 
just so unbelievably badly. Just, it's almost embarrassing. I'd have you roll, but you don't know what the hell you're doing. Uh, absolutely, yeah, hundred so percent. But immediate. after about like five to ten games, you start to pick it up and you start to be fairly competent, and uh, you're starting to see the appeal of these things. But more importantly, I think you're starting to see the appeal of how. You know, I'm gonna put the controller down. Oh, it's definitely like soaking wet. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Time. Yeah, I, I have the sweatiest palms. Yeah. Put the controller down and say, you know, on a crew, really, everyone together, it's important that someone's got their eyes open and is calling the shots. Someone can see everything that's happening. Sometimes they're up in the nest. Sometimes they're at the helm. Sometimes they're in the thick of it. I have a feeling that you can cover all three of those positions and the crew is going to be just fine with you back. Oh. I tried my best to keep them in one piece, despite their own best efforts. <laughs> and, you know, I'll miss them something bad, but I'm I'm glad you're back. Well, you had your work cut out for you. Gaspar was in two pieces when you got him. <laughs> That's true. And there's a whole new pen now. Yeah. Does that count as two pieces or one weird piece? I don't think you can ever really know with plurals. Yeah, I think you're right. I met the first plural. Gave me my name. You didn't have a name before? Uh, it's kind of like Penny uh, and Pen. I did. It's not me anymore. I see. So, I played your game, right? Yep. You want to play mine? Sure. Arm to arm. Let's see who's got this. <laughs> All right. Anything goes? Anything goes. All right. Well, arm wrestling? Oh, yeah. No no rules. As Hal's pristinely manicured hands clasp around your damp, wet, meaty trash can lids, you prepare to engage in a test of strength. I want you both to roll me opposed athletics checks to see which of you is mightier. The air taxi brings you over the Bowery yet holds for a time as they look for a port. No incoming signals direct them. No airstrips or signage indicate where to land. All you see is rooftops. Gabled and Gambrel, hip and mansard. From this vantage, there is no directionality to the structures. Lacking any clear indicators, the strange rabbit-like creature which pilots the small mono-hull boat brings her down into an alleyway. You hand them the clipped quin that Rain gave you for fair and step out into the main street. To any other member of the Fallow Crown, the city would be dizzying. A catastrophe of civic engineering looms over you at odd angles and strange curvatures. You have no doubt that magic, or perhaps sheer willpower, keeps the jutting, cantilevered mess from toppling over on itself. Yet there is an unmistakable charm to this place. Every street urchin in search of a hiding place would find them in abundance. Every collector who relishes the search as much as the find would be in heaven. Every criminal on the lamb, every artist in search of a muse, will find everything they want and nothing they need. The damp reek of petrichor rises from the earth to mingle with the aroma of strange cuisines which waft from cramped smoky alleys and cracked windows. Shops, pubs, inns, and their keepers lurk around every corner, waiting to ambush the unsuspecting customer. Within each are promises of trash and treasures available to all, for the right price. A maxim which holds true for nearly every creature which calls this place home. And creatures there are. 
where other spokes are themed in fashion, lineage, and construction, there is no style to the Bowery. The architecture is a mosaic of a thousand cultures, histories, and aesthetics. The roads spiderweb through the city like cracked glass, new jagged paths etching their way under the pressure of its populace. The streets and alleys themselves shift from dirt to cobble to wood to brick, with no signs or placards to guide you. At first, it can almost be mistaken for a shanty town or camp in the far wilderness, hammered together by enterprising pioneers looking for a new world. Yet as your boots click along the cobbles, you cannot escape the feeling of... wrongness. There are, of course, the obvious indicators that whatever forces govern this place are not entirely of this world. Bathrooms in the side of buildings. What signage there is having been placed seemingly at random. Information kiosks long since abandoned by those who may have once stood sentinel against the chaos of this place, armed only with an omniscient grasp of its vulgar contours. But then there are subtler signs. Walls that meet at odd angles which resist measurement. Alleys that seem to skip over entire blocks as though they were not there. The constant uncertainty of being watched, no, stalked, by something just out of sight. This is the Bowery. Though the meaning of the name and its relationship to the strange civic melange is unknown, you are comforted by this uncertainty. For in your long, dark works, you have learned that there is comfort to be found in wrong places by wrong men. My head. I should have stuck with peat whiskey or scotch. Wine always gives me a headache. Want some Dr. Paladin's handy tabs? Guaranteed to cure a hangover. <laughs> as good as my fingers down your throat. No, no, I deserve this for letting you splash your poison down my ear and splashing yet more down my throat. Poison? Poison? Rust, you just pulled the greatest stunt in scry history and you're complaining? I'd be riding high. I am riding high. What is in these handicaps? I don't want to make scry history. I don't want ratings. Don't you get that? Not everyone's so desperate as you to be liked. Not everyone is clamoring for their spot in the limelight. I used to be a man of integrity, but you? No, not you. You didn't ruin my career. You're just a symptom, a polyp, a tumescent corpuscle that signals the steady and inevitable decline. Ha! <laughs> get over it. Excuse me? You're a whiner. <laughs> Always have been. Boo-hoo, my job is too fun. Boo-hoo, my coworker wants to be my friend, but he's just a toddler in a badly tailored suit. Boo-hoo, I've been exiled from my home plate. So what? It's not like seething about it's ever going to fix it. You want to know why I'm always so repulsively upbeat? It's not magic. It's because I bothered to try. Think it was easy being the weird little idiot with a bucket for a friend? No. <laughs> but I figured out that if I just focused on the stuff that didn't suck and tip my hat at the stuff that did, it got easier. I'm not saying fake it. That's almost as bad as complaining. But if you sit in the dumps, it's not going to get any better. It's hard to find that mindset. It has to be real. What I do takes work. At least until you're good at it. And I am. So take my advice on the one thing I'm better than you at. Start focusing on what you can enjoy and start doing the things you can still do. <clears throat> Give me a handy tab. Here you go. Pretty sure that's just cocaine and menthol. You know, I thought something might be up. Halfway through that speech, I had a sudden urge to invest in the stock market. Unfortunately, they don't take candy coins or high fives as legal tender. Ha! Welcome back. Uh, wait, are we rolling? 
Mm. Are you just playground. skipping from trouble to trouble, you old, <laughs> you old jailbreaker there? I mean, I'm trouble. You're? You I'm are, trouble. You are class running. trouble. It's true. That's... <laughs> Let's go around the table and talk about our favorite moments. Get the highlights. Smush moments. Michael. Mm. How did this episode start? With, with arm surgery, arm right? Surgery. Arm surgery and ended with arm wrestling. <laughs> That's true. It's a very limby episode. Yeah. yeah. Arms. Yeah. Or just limbs. I think my favorite has to be Kickaxe. It's just the name Kickaxe. <laughs> it's a it's a dumb pun, and I'm here for it. If you haven't learned that about me by now, what show have you been listening to? <laughs> Angela? Um, I mean, kind of mentioned another part of the magic items. I like that we're keeping the tradition of Odd recharges, good thematic recharges. I just, it's, I, it's just so much better. I've, I'm rapidly learning. I hate recharge at dawn. Right? I just think it's the dumbest shit in the world. I, there are so many better ways to recharge shit, and to me, it's like it's so interesting to think. Okay, this is a cool ability, but I got to do some weird or difficult shit to get it. Hell yeah, My, mine's a combo between Iavos and Pen. Uh, rebuilding their relationship, both emotionally and physically, is fantastic. Mm. I love that. It was good. It was warm. Um, literally uh, rebuilding when you said yeah, the rebuilding yeah. was physical and not the relationship was physical i got very confused for a moment no no no, no. <laughs> no <laughs> i uh on on that note and like favorite music i actually did have a scene in mind a long long time ago that didn't happen which was like hey everyone i just discovered something called edm and it changed <laughs> my life <laughs> I would have assumed Penny was super into like boy bands. We've had this conversation too many times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have. We have. I actually really liked that that whole last scene with Wu Shen Hao. I thought that was really poignant and interesting. And then like I was just waiting for it to come up that like they they both died and like it didn't. And mm. I was, just waiting for them to kiss. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> both of those things might happen. Tonguing that stump. Side mm, note. Thanks I, for letting me moisten your mattress. <laughs> <laughs> my, Taste the abyss. <laughs> my friend Greg actually does play Madden that way. He, he He's so good at the game that he can't lose if he physically plays the game. So he just uses it as like general manager simulator, basically. I actually think yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. I got to say the... Rolling really shitty on Coke and Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, God. and having to improvise a very middle of the road, unimpressive flavor. That that moment was finger licking good. And then just the party's reaction to turning it into a food eating contest is very good for me. That was very fun. And I actually, um, what popped into my head later was wouldn't it be funny if spicy food just kept maintaining House Rage? <laughs> <laughs> oh, because he's you're taking, taking damage. damage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's good. It's tricky for me because, I mean, I I loved everything about this episode, but in particular, I really love the industriousness of, of you know, all the things that we've been working on together. Like these mm. little these little tidbits, the little kind of collaborative storytelling, the workshopping, it's all really, really good. If I was going to pat myself on the back, I really liked the description of the Bowery. And it took me, it took me a bit of time to, like, figure out how I wanted to convey the place. And, uh, yeah, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy the Bowery as a concept. Heck yeah. But that's about it. That's it for this whole episode. We're done. We're done. We made it. Leave. We made one episode. You're leave. here. We're or here. stay. Don't, don't let us tell you. Don't, no, no. Leave, please. Just okay, restart bye. the episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, go to the LUQ.com to find all of our information. There's absolutely nothing else going on except for the fact that, you know, we've got Undermile, which either just finished running or is still running right now. It's somewhere in this region. We um, need to learn to stop, like, commenting on stuff like that at this point. 
at least until it's in the mid-roll, we know it's going to be current events. <laughs> yeah, you know, mid-roll, mid-roll really is the only place for current events. So instead of listening to this, why don't you go ahead and listen to the entire show again from the beginning. And uh, in that endeavor, I wish you luck. Yeah.